All right, welcome back to Freight Waves Now. Carl, are you back and can you hear us? I'm back and I can hear you. Beautiful. It's, it's the benefits of live TV, right? We just got to roll with the punches. So we're glad that we got right. you back to continue this conversation. I was in the middle of asking a little bit about how when you're a broker, you are either someone who has been double brokered or you will be double brokered, right? It's that thing that happens. So what we really want to focus on is the recovery. What happens after you figured out that your load has maybe gone a little bit awry and how do you manage to get it back on track? So we, we typically uh, insist on tracking on all of our loads so we can pick up on a double broker situation fairly quickly. Um, when things go awry, if we find out that a load's actually been double brokered, we will uh, usually short pay and sometimes not pay that particular carrier we arranged uh, with at all. We try to find out who's the actual carrier that hauled the load and they're the ones we're going to pay. And Carl, we're looking at double brokering and the state of it right now. We're going to be some of the core things that you think can be done to mitigate or really eliminate it altogether as we move forward within this industry. So there's a number of things that, that can be done, and it includes not just actions by the broker and the carrier, but actions by the actual shippers. Shippers should always be looking to make sure that the carrier that they arranged the freight with including the broker, if there's a broker in the middle of it, show up on the bill of lading as the carrier. So as an example, it'd be Circle Logistics slash whatever the carrier name is, or Circle Logistics. When uh, a carrier comes in, shippers should then, in fact, also look at the truck and try to figure out, is this truck actually uh, the right carrier with the right signage on the truck? So it starts at the shipper level. Shippers need to be a little bit diligent on their end to make sure they're giving the load to the right person. On the broker end, we insist on, on establishing a tracking before the load is fully dispatched so we can tell where that driver is. And, and from there on out, we look at everything from pictures of the load as it's being loaded or unloaded, uh, signage on the trucks, and what does the bill of lading and the signatures look like. Uh, it, it's... It, it takes a lot of work from all sides to really uh, ensure that double brokering is not happening. I, I still believe that there's no way we will completely resolve the issue. Uh, but if everyone does their due diligence on the front end of a load, it should be we should be able to reduce the uh, the level of infractions that we see. A lot of times that due diligence can be really tough for brokers to have, right? Especially if you are in a very fast-paced environment, maybe if you're managing anywhere between 10 to 20 loads at one point in time, it, it becomes easy for things like that to slip through the cracks. So a lot of the people right now are trying to kind of bring forth some technology to really help that. I think about systems like Highway who look and try and prevent that double brokering right from a payment side of things. Can you talk about the use of technology in the space and where tech's role kind of sits in being that extra hand to help stop double brokering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we utilize a number of tools. There's all sorts of tools available that will give you a full profile of the carrier to tell you whether or not that carrier has brokering authority or not. We try to stay away from the smaller carriers that do have broker authority when we can. Um, if we've got an established relationship with a carrier, we're going to be a little bit more likely to trust that it's going to go on their actual truck. Um, at any rate, back to the tools, there, there's all sorts of tools in all, all sorts of uh, areas where people can be reported for double brokering. 
And in those cases, they will then show up, whether it's like a TIA watchdog or whether it's a carrier 401 or a freight guard report. All of those things need to be watched on every load. And it, it boils down to really making sure your carrier uh, recruiters and your carrier dispatchers are really up on how to use those tools and they use them regularly day in and day out. I think that's a great point, Carl. We're looking at what to do about some of these issues within the, the overall freight industry. There are tools that can be utilized. Are there any advancements in technology that you think really could be honed in on to really start to, I would say, lessen the overall um, load of double brokering? Or is there just, like you said, just due diligence that has to be done on all parties? I, I think I really believe it goes right back to due diligence. The, the tools that exist today are really good and they're very robust tools. But if they're not being used at all or not being used properly, that's what creates the problem. So the, the key is, again, go back to due diligence, know the carriers you're working with, know their capabilities, and have a good understanding of whether or not they do broker on the side or they do not. Um, and again, due diligence. Uh, the tools are there today. I'm sure the tools will uh, continue to become better as time goes on, but there's a lot of really good tools out there today. So right now, when it comes to punishment for double brokering, obviously, it's not necessarily looked at as a legitimate crime. And that's one of those things TIA and other double brokering fraud prevention advocates have been lobbying for is to look at this to find some real consequences. What do you think needs to be done from that standpoint? Is there a path on the federal level to maybe look at making this a legitimate fraud crime instead of just something that is a nuisance? People lose their FMCSA authority and then they can just sign right back up again. And I think uh, I think there could be some more done uh, as of today. If you're running a, a carrier, whether you're a contract, common carrier, or any kind of a carrier, you're going to be subject to potential DOT audits. As far as I know, there aren't any audits at all going on when it comes to brokers from the government side of things. So in other words, we don't see the DOT coming into a brokerage saying, we want to look at your documents. We want to figure out who's getting your freight and truly do a deep dive into whether or not the freight's going to carriers or going to other brokers. I don't think it would hurt to have that. It might tighten up the market a bit. Uh, there, there's uh, other things you could do right now. You know, it's I think it's a $70,000, $75,000 bond or surety bond that you have to have to be a broker. Uh, when I first started in the business, it was $10,000. It may be time to raise that again to weed out some of the small people who, who really are just going to double broker and, and don't have a good business plan. Um, uh, without adding some sort of consequences to the people who are getting caught double brokering, I don't think we're ever going to make a change. And the consequences have to come from some sort of a watchdog organization or the government. Carl Fellauer, VP of Sales over at Circle Logistics. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Have a good one as well. We're glad we got him back on to continue that conversation. All right now, we're going to toss things over to Tony Mulvey. He's here for today's Research Corner with Joe Antoshak. 